this business model and this business is not going anywhere. It's going to continue to grow and get stronger. And there's there's opportunity now, even during the COVID, there'll be substantial opportunities post COVID. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and it feels like it's toward the end of what they call COVID. Who knows? Maybe we have another year of it, but we're recording this at at the end of the year, 2020, 2020 has been an insane year. Some people thought COVID would, uh, would only last two or three months. Some people thought it would only last two or three weeks. And I have been a little skeptical. And one of the things that I've been, that has always been on my mind is what's going on with short-term rentals. And I know it's a asset class that a lot of us want to get into because it's kind of it's kind of seems like a very approachable type of thing. You only really have to buy one unit and then you're able to get more uh, income generated than you can if you just have a regular single family. And there are ways of having somebody else manage that for you so that it is more passive. And so I got I brought Noble Crawford on, who is one of the co-hosts of the show called Hospitality Cashflow. It's another podcast, and you can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. So if you want to check it out, you just go in and look for Hospitality Cashflow, or you can type in the name Noble Crawford, and it should come up for you. Uh, Noble. <clears throat> I want to ask you a, a few questions. The first few are going to be very short. What year did you get started in real estate? What year was that? 2017, specifically with the short-term rentals. Was there was there something that you did bef- in real estate before short-term rentals? There was not. This okay, was- so 2017. Perfect. And I also wanted to know if you could just walk us through the very first deal you ever did. So take us back to 2017, almost four years ago, that very, very, very first deal. And I don't want to just talk about the deal. I really want to talk about the anxiety you may or may not have had. What you were thinking about, oh, am I going to, am I going to make money? Am I going to lose money? What was going through your mind when you, when you did your very first deal? So first of all, Adam, thanks for having me on. Uh, The very first deal that we did was scary to say the least, because, you know, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. And we dove straight into doing short-term rentals. And the number one fear was, will this thing produce enough revenue uh, for us to, at the very least, not lose any money? And so we dived into a deal. It was a deal in Arlington, Texas. And so this particular deal was fortunately for us in an area that had a lot of entertainment. And so from the very beginning, you know, we were able to within 60 days start seeing positive cash flow. So it was a very good first experience for us after getting over that initial hurdle. Awesome. Awesome. So did you partner with somebody then? We did we didn't partner per se. What we did was we we we, we we're in a part of the business that some refer to as rental arbitrage. And so we'll rent out a space and then we'll turn around and use it for our clientele. And so that's, that's exactly what we did in that case. Okay. I see. I see. So you don't, 
always purchase the property. That's correct. So our business model is to control the property. We don't own the property. That's super cool. How many do you control today? So today we're at uh, 14, which is probably a little bit different than when we initially spoke, but we're at 14 currently. Awesome. So you are managing 14. And if I understand it correctly, you don't own any of them. That is correct. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And so what does your staff look like? So the majority of our staff is virtual and the people that we have on the ground will consist of your typical folks. Your cleaners uh, will be number one, a, a linen person if you if you have a linen person. And then, you know, probably the most important for us would be our community manager, uh, which I would refer, refer to as a runner. They do a bunch of number of different things. So within this business, where do you want to get it to? So you have 14 today. That's a little bit different, you said, from the last time we spoke. In five years from today, what do you want it to look like? Good question. So when we got started and the sky was the limit and we were thinking, go big or go home, you know, we were like, we're going to do a hundred of them. And, you know, it's just going to be this massive machine. And we've learned so much uh, in that time frame that we've actually said that we would be comfortable in the 30 to 35 uh, range. That will be a comfortable place for us. Um, this is a, is one of a couple of businesses that we own. So for this particular one, that's a comfortable place for us. What other kind of businesses are you involved in? So I also have a, uh, a marketing agency that's specific to the technology industry. And that's more of my longer background 20 years ago. But that is one. And then also uh, I have a, a, a niche of that company that does video production. And so I have a question for you that I think that the listener wants to know as well. Um, and it, it's a two-part question. One is if they already own a property, how do they get you to just manage it? And number two is on the same side, if they want to, if they're trying to get into something, maybe they're strapped for cash. This is the creative real estate podcast. Maybe they're strapped for cash. They're like not sure if they can put 20 or 30 or $100,000 down onto a property to own it, but they want to be able to create that arbitrage. How, how would they do it? So, so let's talk, let's speak first to the person who, who already owns, maybe they're in DFW close to where you are. You're in Fort Worth, right? That's and, uh, and so maybe they're in DFW area and, and they want you to just, Hey, uh, what does it look like if you just take over this thing and, and we both make a little bit more money and then, and then we'll speak to the second person who doesn't have a, a property and is not sure if they could buy one yet, but they want to create that arbitrage. So I want you to teach them how to, how to do what you're doing. Got it. So in terms of our, the, the way we would ma- typically manage a property and how we start off with that process, we want to look at the location that they're in. So we want to look at the city that they're in. We want to make sure that that local jurisdiction allows for short-term rentals because there are, you know, certain uh, lo- localities that just don't allow it or they ban it. And so that's first and foremost, you want to make sure you're running a legal above board operation, not doing anything under the table. So we'll look at that for them. And then we we'll want to look at the property. And there's a couple of things with the property that you want to make sure, you know, that you dot your I's and cross your T's. So location, just like most real estate, location, location, location. And so with that, you know, it's helpful if you can be either 
uh, near public transportation or you're in an area that has easy access to freeways and highways, that sort of thing. Um, if you're near a medical district, that can be beneficial. If you're near a university, that that can help. If you're near an area that has a number of corporate buildings, that can be helpful because you 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 want to know those things because that ideally is going to be the type of customer that you know that that you go after and so we'll, we'll look at that and then we'll look at the property itself um and it's very important there's a couple of key things with the property itself one being that you know you want your property to photograph extremely well so it's important that it's set up properly okay and you get into the furnishings and the decor and things like that but you just want to make sure that you have a good setup a nice setup it's in a good location and that you're following the local laws and jurisdictions. And so we do all of that for, you know, for a client, we would do all of that on, on the front end to make sure that the property is going to be successful. Now, if someone were interested in doing it themselves, you know, they would need to go through, you know, the same sort, those same sort of steps. And in addition to the furniture aspect and the design, you know, you can start really inexpensively uh, by renting the furniture, if you want. We've seen a number of people that they didn't have the investment up front to make in furnishing a full two-bedroom unit, and so they started out renting it. Um, and then there's some softwares that you can look use to do um, kind of like, a, a you know, comps, so, so short-term rental comps. And so we'll look at that to see how the property potentially could perform in that area. And so so those are just a few of the things that we do on the, on the front end. Um, or that a, a property owner can do themselves. So let me ask you, because I kind of started out the the episode today with COVID, and I think that that's on a lot of people's minds. I think that there was a, a period of time where most people on the planet were saying that short-term rentals were way down, way, way, way down, and, and maybe in a tough spot for most owners or maybe controllers as well. However, what I think is interesting is there's a couple of people now it, at the end of 2020 that feel like that short-term rentals have actually started to improve and we're back, we're back to old numbers and maybe even above. So in DFW and with your experience and the clients that you work with, what has really truly been happening what have you seen with short-term rentals? So is since since we're also considered not just part of the real estate industry, but part of the hospitality industry, um, as you know, the hospitality industry took a significant hit with COVID. And, and so did, uh, you know, a lot of the STR space. Now here in the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, metro area in Texas, uh, we were fortunate uh, ourselves to be able to, you know, not feel the full force or the brunt of that hit that a lot of the rest of the country did. And so, you know, just as an example, our operation, we lost a total of two bookings through the entire course of COVID. Now, there's a number of reasons for that, but part of that is due to the fact that the Dallas-Fort Worth market is strong in both traditional real estate and also a little bit stronger, I would say, in the short-term rental space also. Okay. And so what is your projection if you had to look nationwide through 2021 and 2022? If somebody was planning on getting into the business, what are, what are your projections and what do they need to watch out for? So what we've seen, I think really across the country is a migration towards the suburbs, 
you know, especially with the COVID. And so we've seen increased activities in areas that are outside of the downtown spaces in a lot of markets. And so I, I, I think that trend will, you know, continue for the next year or so. I, I, I don't say, depending on what area of the country you're in, um, you know, there are certain places like vacation destination places, beaches and, and, and cabins in the woods and things like that will always have demand. But in terms of just a typical city, I think that demand is going to start to spread outside of the downtown area in, into the suburban spaces. Okay. So if we were getting into short-term rentals right now, STRs, is there anything to be worried about specifically? You know, as with any business, there's risks. And so, you know, this, this business is no different than most, but I think the, the number one risk that the majority of people will experience and have to overcome is just their personal fear, you know, and because this 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 business model and this business is not going anywhere. It's going to continue to grow and get stronger. And there's there's opportunity now, even during the COVID, there'll be substantial opportunities post COVID. Got it. And if you wanted to be extremely successful in short term rentals, are there a couple of things that you haven't mentioned yet that could help the listener before they get started? Yes. So probably the number one thing that you can do in in the short term rental space is know who know what type of customer you want to cater to. So your customer avatar, you know, you, you know, do like and I'll use us as an example. So our, our company short term residences, we cater to the working professionals and small families in, in the destination travel space. And so you know, we know that the working professional, there are certain amenities that they want. We know that when they come into one of our communities, they want to have access to a, a gym or a workout space, a swimming pool or a spa, you know, uh, even a tennis court if possible, or, or, you know, some type of athletic space. And so the, the, again, we're in apartments primarily. So those apartment communities that we're in will typically look for those type of amenities. And so knowing your customer is really key because then you can niche down and focus specifically on that customer's needs and really dial in your operation and cater to them. Awesome. All right. I got another one. I got another one that that I just thought of. So you mentioned that you're in, in a, you mostly use apartment communities. So how do you how do you even make that happen? When you see a for rent sign, do you kind of just drive in, get a tour of it and say, I can I can pay it. Do you mind if I sublease or what's what's the process? Awesome question. Probably one of the biggest uh, number of questions we get. So traditionally, it, it, it works one of a couple of different ways. So we may be passing by and we may see a, a, a sign out and it's in a location that is of interest to us. And so we'll go in and start the dialogue. Usually we'll try to, um, if we're walking in, usually we'll try to speak with the property manager as opposed to just a typical leasing agent. There's a number of things that property managers are aware of in, in our business model. And typically when we're going in, um, we're going in uh, as uh, cor- cor- corporate housing. T- traditionally is how we're going in. And so when we go in as a, as a corporate housing entity, most property management companies understand that term and understand how that works. And so we'll usually ask up front, have you met your cap rate for corporate housing? So what that means is it's different than cap rate in traditional real estate. And so what that means is 
is typically in most multifamily communities, they can accommodate up to 15% of their total units to allocate towards corporate housing. Okay. And it, it'll, it'll range per jurisdiction, but 10 to 15% is about average. And so when we walk in and say, have you met your cap rate? That's what we're talking about. And if they haven't, that means they have available space that we could leverage for our business model. If they have no idea what we're talking about, then the process of educating them on the short-term rental business model starts. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I like that. And a lot of our listeners, which is kind of interesting, we have quite a few in, in California, quite a few in Denver. It's a worldwide state. Uh, I've never would have thought, but I think we are downloaded in like 30 countries or something like that. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but uh, real quick, just wanted to, before we, before we jump off, I want to let you know that we have tons of listeners who are apartment owners in DFW. That's our single most uh, listener is apartment owners in DFW, which is very interesting. And so how do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. Number one way is to just shoot me an email. I'm always on email noble. That's N O B L E at short term residences with an s.com noble at short term residences.com number one way to get hold of awesome noble thanks for jumping on doing a short awesome uh piece of uh of value about short-term rentals and how they're working and how we can partner with multifamily people or how multifamily people can partner with you and and your goals to get to that 30 to 35 sweet spot and just talking through a few of, of the first things that you need to be looking at, like local laws and making sure that it photographs well and sharing with us some projections to look out and some, th some things to be aware of. It's, it's been really, really valuable. I'm glad that your business has survived so well through COVID-19, and I hope to see you continue to grow. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box.